Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hit it, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. That was Almost close. Almost right. Like, city lights. I got to make it uh-huh. this way. It goes, goes down. Hit it, bam. We be trying. Yeah, we yeah. try. We try. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, we're back. This is uh, After Buzz TV for Power, Season 6, Episode 14, Title Reversal of Fortune. I want to choose the panel. I'm Jill Monroe. Hey, everybody. I am Robin Ayers. It's your man, Jimmy V. Go ahead, Robin. We've got a very special guest in the building. Yes. Uh, this is this is special because I've read a lot of people enjoyed this episode and we are with the writer tonight of last night's episode, Eric Haywood. Hello, Welcome hello. to After Buzz. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And not only is Eric a writer, but he's one of the co-executive producers and he's also directed an episode of Power, right? Uh, not of Power. Not, not, okay. uh, 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 I directed an episode of uh, Empire, which was the show that I wrote for prior to uh, joining the staff of Power. Got it. Oh, man, what a segue, because I was actually going to ask you work on both Power and Empire. Yes. Was there any, you know, how they talk about, you know, the, the two shows, yeah, whatever the case. Yes. Was there any major differences within the productions that you could share with us? Well, on the on the production side, uh, uh, they were very similar. You know, shooting a TV show, a one-hour drama, like the physical production is the same. You got you know your actors and your sets and your locations, course, yeah. cameras, lights, what have you. Uh, on the writing side, the the main difference uh, uh, came into play because. Um, uh, uh, Power was a premium cable show. Empire was a network, network show. Yeah. So there are lots of things you can't do on a network show that you can do when it's you know when it's premium cable, and that affects the the ideas you come up with, the way you come up with your your storylines. Um, there are fewer restrictions with regards to language and sex and violence oh, yeah. that you don't that you you're, you have more freedom yeah. on a premium cable channel than you do on, on network so the 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 main differences sort of stemmed from that main um, uh, split yeah okay. well you know what there's so much to talk about uh, okay. with last yeah. night's episode mm-hmm. but yes. we would definitely be remiss not to talk about uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant we just want to mention that uh, his daughter Gigi and all of the other uh, victims of yesterday's accident we wish them well and I know you guys feel the same way so we you know Jill and I came representing our Laker gear so I just definitely. wanted to make mention of that but yeah let's jump into this episode it was really good really quickly uh, just going back to the whole power empire thing yes um Eric, you're not gonna be nosy and ask this question. So <laughs> you left. You were on. You were on the. Um, you were with Power from the beginning because um, he actually came on the. After no, no, no. Show. Let me, let me stop. I'm Empire. Yes, Empire. Eric was. Um, he came the first season of um, of Empire yes. here for AfterBuzz. So I just have to be. I have to be nosy and ask. Should ask. Yeah. Why'd you leave? Uh, I was on Empire for, as you said, from the, from the very beginning. I was there for four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, a mid-level writer when I started on that staff, mm-hmm. um, and I rose to uh, co-executive producer, which is uh, a fairly high level uh, uh, among the writing staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, directed my first episode of, of network television. Mm-hmm. That got me into the Directors Guild, and after... Four years of writing a show like Empire, you sort of get to a point where you know the show so well that it's what I liken it to going to the gym all the time and just doing working out one arm. Yeah, yeah. Like there were as a as a creative person, 
the show was still challenging, but it was challenging in a very specific way. Yeah. And I could tell that there were certain creative muscles that I just wasn't getting to to work. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted I wanted a different challenge. There was no bad blood. I had the the, the best experience. Mm-hmm. I made some friends for life on that uh, writing staff. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but it was time for I I didn't want to get complacent as a creative person. And there mm-hmm. are people who once they find themselves in the fortunate position of working on a successful show they're like I'm going to ride this until mm-hmm. the wheels come mm-hmm. off because I got you know kids in private school <laughs> I got alimony I got yeah. whatever I got I got <laughs> yeah. overhead yeah. Yes. so so if nothing else you know the you know job stability is one of the things that people a lot of people crave mm-hmm. when you go into any sort of like creative field so it's nothing to to take lightly when you decide to walk away from it but the the there was something in me creative that just wasn't able to be fed in that environment mm-hmm. uh, and so I wanted I wanted a challenge okay. so so with with no and there are some people who I think have the impression that I like immediately left Empire and jumped onto power I left Empire with no uh, job prospects wow. so it wasn't like I knew power was waiting for me right the timing just happened to work out that uh, Courtney was looking for some new people uh, at a time when I was on my job search. So mm-hmm. it ended up working out, but it, there was no grand plan to go from one to the other. So I very well could have ended up on, you know, CSI mm-hmm. South Dakota yeah. um, <laughs> when I left uh, Empire, but it, just, it happened to, to okay. work out this way. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, but with that being said, you know, having uh, flexed that one muscle for that long, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that muscle grew and you became very good at that. And, yes. you know, now it, you know, I Obviously, I believe in those types of experiences mm-hmm. preparing you for the next, and you were able to bring that muscle oh, over to power. And absolutely. so that's that's an example of what we saw last night. Yes, and, yes. and, and also um, I love the leap of faith that you took. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no, major. It, yeah. it's it. There was absolutely. I'm sure. I, I would imagine, like, like from the outside looking in, it may look like there was like I had a plan. Uh-huh. I didn't have a plan. Okay. You know, I, I, it literally was a leap of faith. I okay. figured I would land somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and it don't always work out when people make those kinds of, of leaps. But fortunately, it did. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the episode, which we really love. Okay. So um, it opens with a drunk Tate. Um, uh, he's calling Crop on the phone, uh, telling him to he needs a job done. He's drunk. He passed out. He wakes up and he's in his brother's um, house. Who now we see the whole story of his brother, um, his brother Kamel, his Kamal. wife Kamal, uh, his which wife is some, his real brother, right? Yes. Yes. Which, which is his real brother. So which, his, dope, which I actually. love. Yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah. yeah. His brother's name is Lam- uh, Lamar, and. Um, he was um, he was in Don't Be a Menace in South Central while drinking. All American, all American, all American. Yeah. American. Uh, so the yeah, Biggie and Tupac investigation mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was really happy to see that. What did, what would you guys take when you saw wrote uh, when you saw his family and started to see where it was going? What was your just initial reactions when you saw it? I liked it mm-hmm. just because up until that point we only saw Tate as the government man. Yeah, you know, so to finally get a understanding of what his other situation is like, which ultimately helped us understand why he goes so hard in in the uh, uh, campaign mm-hmm. world. But isn't this what we've been saying though? Like, I mean, because did you feel the same way when when it came to Paz? Did you feel the same way when it came to Dre? I don't well, think you did. did I you? didn't. No, no. But this one particularly yeah. was special for you. Yes. yes oh, okay. Yes. All right. I mean, for me, I felt like like, only one that I just kind of wasn't interested in in that backstory. But I've enjoyed the episodes. I understand how what people are craving because they wanted that resolution from Ghost. But separating themselves from that, this whole story, the way it's coming together, I'm interested. So for me, Tate and Ghost are kind of like two sides of the same coin in a way. Mm -hmm. There are things that are similar to me and how they move and operate and what motivates them. So seeing the backstory on that, um, really enjoyed it. And Lorenzo's a great actor. Originally, I didn't care about Tate's character, but I do like the fact that they have decided to take these five episodes and give these different perspectives. So it's really interesting and really creative to see that. Um, like I said, despite me, you know the whole thing with Paz, but I get it, and I saw the parallel between Paz Angela and then uh, Kam- uh, K- um, Kamal. Kamal and Rashad siblings mm-hmm. rivalry so mm-hmm. like I saw and so I thought it was great subtext to see what the two brothers were going to because Angela and Paz had similar situations where you know one felt a certain way and you know so I, I, I really enjoyed yeah. that yeah. Um, 
I was just I was under the uh, assumption most of the season that you know obviously we don't know Tate's backstory, but I thought you know that he was involved in that street life and he was about that life and everything you know. Which, mm-hmm. but he was actually a cop, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um and obviously he went a separate path compared to his brother. Mm-hmm. So just a backstory f- for me, it just finally answered those uh, questions that I had. But and, let me ask you uh, just a quick question because yes. I thought we did. I, I think many people assumed that he. Did did have more of a edgy, uh, yeah, street. like dirty, scandalous mm, right. background, and I'm not saying that he doesn't. Maybe mm. at some point in the future, you know, prediction wise, <laughs> we'll see that. Mm. Not sure, but this didn't show so much of that edgy, rugged side. It, I thought that you know, I mean, we we're, it did for me. I, I mean, I felt like he he's multi layered. I think that we've seen that we saw him have his ex cop buddies go after Ghost. We saw him from the very beginning with um, what's. The guy's name on the street that got taken out. Roller? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. With um, Tate that he rolled. Patrick. Oh, oh, was Patrick's oh, oh, character. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Alpha, Alpha, yeah. Alpha, I mean, Alpha, the right. fact that he could call up Croup, some kid like, hey, yeah. I got a job for you. Roll up. To me, that says you can't yeah. just pick up the phone That's and call true. some assassins. Yeah. That is true. Especially ones that do their business how we saw them do it. So, and kind of knew. And Croup said, no. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We we and that's true. Yeah. But we've seen him do things before. Yeah. We've seen him in in power one through uh, this season. Or no, no. Mm-hmm. Th- since uh, Tate has been on the show, we've yeah, seen right. him make calls. We've mm-hmm. seen him, you know, do little things, pull people in. So we knew he had a background. What I'm saying is, I thought that it it seemed a little bit more polished to me. You know, mm-hmm. you know, he and his brother and then yeah. the nice family. Mm-hmm. We didn't get into like the gritty, you know, grit of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I mean. Do y'all, does that make sense to you? I, totally I know what you mean. Right. I, I yeah. mean, I get yeah. what you're saying, yeah. but I guess for me, I just feel like that's a lot of, like, dirty cops. Like, even the cops that were sitting in the room with him, which we'll get to, yeah. but I just feel like there's a line. Okay. And that sometimes when you're follow, trying to do the right thing, we saw that with Angie and Greg throughout the thing, sometimes your passion for wanting to do the right thing slides you to the other side. Yeah, What's your right. take on it, Eric? Yeah. Well, I think... Um, uh, you know, and and I think Lorenz will will be the first one to 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 tell you that even when fans of the show approach him mm-hmm. uh, prior to this episode, they've always talked about Tate as just you know shady councilman Tate. And I always felt like there was more to the character than just the shady politician. Okay. Like we've seen him do some funny business with his campaign funds. We've seen him shoot Alphonse uh, uh, in the club. We've seen him go toe to toe with Ghost. But I always felt like. It's one thing to create a character who was quote unquote shady all the time, but it's another thing to go a little bit deeper and try to figure out what makes that person tick. Mm-hmm. Like, like the the question that I had going into working with the writing staff and creating uh, this episode was like, what does Tate care about? Like, who does he care about? I think I think given six seasons of of, of power, it would be very easy just to go straight for the grimy side of mm-hmm. someone's background. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> What I gravitated towards was trying to figure out who in his life does he care about when he's not always doing battle with Ghost or doing some campaign, you know, funny business. Yeah. So the very first thing you see him do is call some. He has some some hitmen practically on speed dial. Mm-hmm. You know. So we we've, we've seen him shoot Alphonse in basically in self defense because Alphonse had a shotgun and he was aiming. Yeah. But we've never seen him just order. A murder, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So we kind of start him off in a in a sort of a, a gritty uh, uh, area, and then the next thing you know, you're being introduced to his, his brother yeah. and his sister in law and his nephew. Yeah. And I feel like you know my, the plan was to keep the viewer a little bit a little bit on their heels in terms of like not really knowing what to expect from this environment. Okay, mm-hmm. and that, and that's actually what I did yeah. get. Yeah. And perfect way. So now let's go into the crop. Uh, to the croup and to um, I'm blanking out uh, Carter. um, Carter's character Um, so now we finally see we've been seeing we've been seeing dead uh, we bought it. Dead said. We've seen him on the ground for many episodes now, and so we finally get to see him. So um, we we open up with 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 croup and um, with his son in the middle of he's teaching his son the game. Okay, yeah. Yeah. before you go there. Uh-huh. Just a, que- a question from one of the fans that I thought is really great because it goes to this uh, to what you're saying, Bam. Did 
did they show the dynamic between Krupp and his son to show contrast between the relationship with Ghost and Tariq, a father who showed his son the ropes? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. That, that was that was the whole father son dynamic, and also you know in a, in a broader sense, just the whole uh, black male relationship dynamic, because mm-hmm. you do have Ghost and Tariq, and then you had Krupp and his and and his son, and you have Tate and his brother, um, um, and then you even have like uh, Tate and Reverend Mastodon. Mm-hmm. Like there was a very sort of like through line <laughs> through the episode of these you know you know black male rela- various black male relationships, yeah. but definitely there was there was the uh, uh, the idea was to not directly parallel Ghost and Tariq because their relationship obviously is, is very fractured, sure. mm-hmm. but like this is a this is a direction that Ghost and Tariq's relationship could have taken if Ghost had tried to mentor Tariq instead of saying no 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 I want you away from the street life completely yeah. I'm gonna you know forbid you to go into the family business quote unquote um, <laughs> a plan that obviously you know uh, Tariq has spent many seasons <laughs> rebelling against yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what happens when a father leans into it and the two of them have a very sort of normal conversation about <laughs> what, the right way to, to torture a person yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about well, we'll get to that later maybe another time so I just want to say um, Epi- uh, Jill called it out um, we have been wondering and we've been asking Courtney like like who is set, like who's his character and Jill predicted that um, he was uh, that his character was, was someone yeah. That that was hired by Tate. So oh. half five, Jill. Nice. Um, <laughs> so now the Tate brothers go um, shooting. At, uh, they go shooting at a, at the range. Yes. And it's really interesting because um, because the older brother always seems to call out his brother's BS. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that's really interesting, the dynamic of big brother and little brother as they were shooting. And something that he said specifically to him was, um, he goes, uh, um, he says that, Rashad says there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. And Kamad says that um, not if you're in it to really help the people, but if you're doing it to get back at St. Patrick, that's just your your bruised ego. Big brother was dropping nuggets to Mm -hmm. him the entire episode. Mm -hmm. I really it, like it, that. that. But that's what sibling relationships are. I yeah. feel. You know, mm-hmm. they can see through whatever airs you put up. They can't be clouded at times by your public persona. Mm-hmm. So. so then moving forward. So after um, so after the gun range, he needs his brother to go take him to where Ramona, uh, Steve Ott and um, and um, Lorette Walsh, Lorette Walsh mm-hmm. is. And he wants to get back into the race. And it was an epic fail. What did you guys think about that? Desperate measures. Yeah, yeah. And then especially but too, I, he. I'm sorry, Joe, but he stepped in the restaurant in just a regular hoodie, hoodie. like you know. So it wasn't, you know, and down so, and out. And so mm. when Big Brother um, said, "Let me get you something to wear," that's all he had to wear. <laughs> I mean, that's deep. I mean, I, you know, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just think I just, he, he wasn't. Well, like, they were, well, well, their their plan leaving the house was to go to the shooting range. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's going to wear something casual. You okay. know, he's not going to say put on a suit and then let's go <laughs> to the police range and, and shoot some guns to blow off some steam mm-hmm. and okay, you know right. nurse your you know your your hangover or whatever. So uh, it wasn't a plan in that moment mm-hmm. to go to that restaurant. You know, he he in in the conversation with his brother, he sort of got the idea to say, yeah. you know what. Even my brother thinks I'm out. Yeah. So, the you know, we wanted to just keep on hitting Tate hard all through the, the beginning portions of the episode. It's like loss after loss after loss. You and, know, then, and then yeah. he is desperate. He is. He basically goes to the restaurant. He tracks them down. He goes in there and he begs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still tell him no. Yeah. What I have to say is, I mean, exactly what you just said was <clears throat> literally what I felt. Mm-hmm. It, it felt, I mean, and, and Lorenz did a wonderful job yeah. with his, I mean, he did his, yeah. his thing with that episode, but literally each hit, you saw it more and more yeah. in his face. I mean, his body language, his So exactly what you wanted to achieve, it, yes. it, it came yeah. off that way. And then so once he goes to go, um, once he goes see Reverend uh, Macedon, he hits him with, um, he hits him. Tate says that running again is impossible. Rev hits him with the word of Luke says impossible. Um, uh, what's impossible with man is possible with God. And Tate says, then tell God to get up off his ass and send him a miracle. I was like, such a mm. great line. Right? I was such like, are line. you talking about my God? Hold on, Tate. Hold on. <laughs> that was that was that was pretty deep. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. I mean, once again, it's like you want to show just how far Tate had fallen yeah. again. 
you see him, you know, in slick mode almost all the time, you know, and it was like, what what does it look like for this character to be at the end of his rope? Yeah. Okay, so am I mistaken? Remind me uh, if I'm, or tell me if I'm wrong, but was the very <coughs> next scene when uh, um, Cooper Sacks and Blanca came into the office. Yes. That was the very next yeah, scene, we right? Yeah, saw, we saw a scene of Chris dropping the nugget of he uh, wants a letter of recommendation. Then he gets mm-hmm. on the phone and says, I'm going to get the job from Ramona Gary. Yes. Yes. Then so, he later goes and... Okay, and, but I, I yeah. want to make a point about that uh-huh. that specific thing. Um, <clears throat> the way my mind looks at things, and this is partly part of the, the writing and part of the directing. Mm-hmm. So he says, tell God to get up off his ass and send me, or send me a miracle or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. Well, he goes to the office, and then when they come to him and say, "Do you want to? How would you like to help us put, you know, St. Patrick behind bars?" It, the directing part of it. Did you guys see like the light yes, come over yes. him? It was like yeah, God had God <laughs> upon his yeah, ass yeah. and yeah. performed a miracle. Like yeah. literally, what that was like to me in the very next scene. I thought that was pretty dope. Yeah, uh, my, myself and Lorenz and Mario Van Peebles, who directed the episode, yes. that's right. Yes, um, um, we we were all very much in sync on the the journey that that Tate was taking in this episode. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Rashad Tate is not a religious man in his heart. But I do, in in, in my imagination, I do think he he believes, to the extent that Tate believes there's a God, he thinks I'm being tested. Mm. And and by the end of the episode, he comes away feeling like I've been chosen. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. So he's like, it's not me. That did all that lined up all this stuff. Like this is the universe. This is God. This is whatever you want to call it. Lining things up. So this is meant to be. But again, that only works if you really beat him down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, in in the early parts of the story. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Uh, oh, yeah. I was just going to shout out the 278 people in the chat. Make sure you're hey. hitting that like button. Yes. We appreciate you guys dropping in. Keep it coming. Yep. I mean, what a team. Eric Haywood, Lorenz Tape, Mario Van Peebles. I yeah. mean, that's a yeah. pretty, Such that's a golden great, team right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's it like working with them? Like, uh, it was uh, him, him, uh, Mario. Yeah, it was uh, my first time working with Mario, and I, uh, uh, Lorenz and Mario go way back, so they worked together before. Uh, but but Mario came in, he had a ton of ideas, and oftentimes when you work with directors who come from like a feature film background, mm-hmm. and they come into TV, they say things like, "I'm going to make it look like a movie." And and they come with all these like visuals, and sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. Uh, but but when Mario said, "I'm going to make it look like a movie," he meant it. Mm-hmm. it and and it's a very distinctly visually looking episode. Yes. It still feels like power mm-hmm. to me. But but you know he had, he created transitions and all those like lighting effects you're talking about yeah. were all That's his so his wow. vision. So the conversation at the table yeah, in the yeah, restaurant yeah. the way that was shot. Yes, yeah. But mm-hmm. I've I've always thought that um, that power was always shot in a more cinematic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, the episodes are an hour. I mean, that's 20 minutes less than an actual movie yeah. uh, in, in some cases. So I've always thought that it was cinematic. Yes. But, yeah, I think... I think the shots were were um, were great that he did. Yeah. Uh, so now let's just go fully into the Tate, the Croup, and to, um, and to Carter. So uh, um, Rashad comes to him and says, hey, I changed my mind. <laughs> I, like, I changed my mind. Uh, Croup and, and uh, Carter was not having it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and shout out to Cedric the Entertainer because yes. he yeah. definitely brought the funny. You know, yeah. um, he, like a rhinestone cowboy. We got to shout out Glenn Campbell and Conway Twitty. Yes. I didn't, yeah. like, sound I didn't like the I didn't like the funny. I didn't like the comedic parts to it though. I, I thought it was yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, so is there is there like an underlying message with like you know the conversation that he and his son were having in the car about mm-hmm. music? Is mm-hmm. there something that you wanted to really? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, okay. So here's here's the thing about the country music. It started off a little. I. I, I what happens before you write your actual script, mm-hmm. you write, uh, which is somewhere around 50 or so pages, you do like an eight or nine page outline, which is a summary of the script, so right. that everybody can read that, the broad strokes of the story, and give notes. I knew when I was writing the outline that these hitmen characters were going to both die later in the episode. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> um, um, so I want, first, I wanted to give them something that was a little bit different and a little bit distinctive, because there have been so many killers and drug dealers and murderers through, through the, the, yeah. the course of power. I was like, well, what can I do to make them just stand out a little bit more? 
And I came up with the idea, like, what if the father's a country music fan? Little <laughs> little offbeat. Okay. Um, um, and at first I intended for it just purely to be like a, a quirky little funny personality trait. And then when I had to get to the scene where they were sitting in the car... Um, I thought, well, maybe first we can make it sort of a, I can speak on the whole generational clash of, you know, uh, the, the father likes, the, you know, one kind of music okay. and the and the son is like, what is this? Why are you making us listen to that? Yeah. And then once I hit on that idea, I thought, well, maybe I can take it even farther because I assume everybody knows that, you know, uh, country Western music has its roots mm-hmm. in, in black culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity to sort of touch on that. Mm-hmm in a way that is not preachy but yeah. still make it a little bit funny but still kind of enlightening so and I knew by that point by the time I was writing the script I knew that we were going to get Cedric to, to play uh, Croup so I kept envisioning I kept hearing his voice in my head saying all this stuff about you know like where the guitar comes from <laughs> and you know uh, uh, you know the, how the uh, the music comes from Western Africa yeah. and all that stuff and I just thought it was a it was a way to make them a little bit more distinctive than your standard sort of like angry yeah. gritty okay. murderers. Did you was um was that you who wrote the line um that line dancing is nothing but the electric slide? Yes. Yeah. That was a good one. That was good, good, good shit. I, I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 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 I wanted to mention the gruesome scene of the whole, you know. The thigh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. With the thigh. Yeah. The yeah. thigh um, yeah. That was very, very power-like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Could you speak on? Was that your Well, idea? okay. So once again, knowing that we were going to have Cedric playing, playing the father of this hitman team, I knew that no matter how, like, gritty I wrote it, he was still going to bring a little bit of humor to mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I said, well, I need to establish these two killers in a way that the audience believes that they're not just here for jokes, that they are formidable opponents, Mm -hmm. that they could conceivably uh, uh, take out Ghost if they had to, Mm -hmm. so that Tate didn't look stupid sending a couple of jokers to go, you know, uh, kill his rival. So I knew they had to make sort of a memorable splash from their first scene. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, maybe they are tort. They've been hired. Maybe they they aren't always hired to kill somebody. Maybe they're hired to sometimes just torture someone before they actually, you know, take them out. And when I landed on the idea of them torturing somebody, like all these ideas sort of like kind of have a chain reaction in my thought process when I'm coming up with with the details. Yeah. So once again, I'm like, well, maybe this is a chance for the father son moment to tie, you know, to bring that back, where instead of having them both knowing what to do. The father's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? I told you how to do it the right way and make it like an instructional thing. Yeah. It's almost like they're it's almost about like they're fishing. You know, yeah, or, yeah. or or sure. or or playing catch. Like, you know, put your you know, do throw the ball like this. <laughs> I brought that sort of approach to the idea of torturing someone, knowing that it was gonna still contrast with the actual gruesomeness of the scene. So yeah. some people do find it a little bit disturbing, but mm. it's still power. It still yeah. has to, you know, fit into the 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 tone that the show has established for, for you know, six seasons now. Eric, what the thigh meat? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, I, your, I, what's your past like, man? What you know, <laughs> what you know about that yeah. thigh meat? <laughs> well, I was, I'll, I'll just say this. I think like like most writers, especially if you work in like the crime genre at all, like your Google search history gets real questionable <laughs> because you yeah. do a lot okay. of research for yeah. things that if somebody didn't know you were looking it up for, for to write fiction, mm-hmm. they'd be like, why are you researching yeah. torture and, and, you know, cutting work? Where, where the where the arteries and the veins are, yeah, but uh, but yeah, geez. so it's like you sort of like I said, you start with the seed of an idea mm-hmm. and you try to follow it logically, but also come up with a way to do it surprisingly, and then you just start to research it, and then you make the dialogue feel a little bit natural, and then you know I think the the best compliment I can get is, is when, when people ask me like what's going on in your mind yeah. every time I'm like it was just you know part of the creative process and it was a lot of fun nice and nice. moving forward um, with the lessons that Coop taught his son um, when they were when they were following James mm-hmm. he says um um, always, uh, always learn the target schedule. Yes. So lesson. So they followed. They've been following James. So as we saw, I believe in episode ten, we we kept we saw that James was being followed. Was being followed. Yes. So now let's go to the scene, the, the shootout scene. Um, my question is, um, in Tommy's perspective, I thought that I thought that Carter was shot. Was that? No, was Carter not shot? Carter was not shot. No. Okay, no. so so he gets away. Does anybody have anything to say before we move to now his hit with with a uh, crew, crew dead and now he goes to to Tate? Well, 
so here's what what I personally thought, and I kept rewinding mm. it, was it looked like Croup was still alive when mm. Tommy walked by him. Mm. He, he His mouth was moving. It looked like he was still alive. So part of me thought, you know, mm. at some point he was going to come back, but I guess he is dead. Oh, so no, no, he's dead. He's, he's R- dead. R.I.P. All right. I just so somebody asked in the in the uh, chat room, why did he have such a minute uh, role? Um, because of Cedric the Entertainer? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's just well. I think minute is relative. It's like you know, the, we did we didn't we came up with a with a character that that best. It's still this hour. This is still a day in the life of Rashad Tate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you hire what you know when you hire your hitman. You want to get some distance, and you send him off to do to do his thing. Yeah. So, so there were so many other things to address in the episode. So many other characters that Tate had to had to interact, interact with. Interact with, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There just frankly wasn't there wasn't more time. Yeah. And and we tried we tried to construct the story in a way because we knew once again that Croup uh, was going to die in that shootout. Um, um, so there just wasn't enough time to give him a whole lot more real estate prior to that yeah. that, mm-hmm. that sequence. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on um, on Carter coming to uh, seek revenge for his dad? And that was their fault. He tried to tell them to go away, and <laughs> I was really upset that they were like, "You didn't tell us that there were going to be two. I told you to go home, and if you were following Ghost all day long, you knew he was going to meet somebody potentially. You didn't know what he necessarily was going to do, so that's your fault." That's just my thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Don't be mad. It, okay, so now uh, let's go to Tate going to um, to meet with James to tell him to reveal the big news that James simply did not want to hear. It just mm-hmm. made me cringe all over again. It, I cringe because we saw that in episode six ten. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, James, you're so <laughs> cocky right now. Yes. Stop it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just cringe. I'm like, he's trying to put you up on game. Like, yeah. be quiet. Yeah, you yeah. know, but. I get it. I loved James's dialogue just because, for me, it just reminds me of my boys back home mm-hmm. where they think they know it all and they just keep talking down on yeah, you, down yeah. on you, down on you. And um, if you could speak more more about how how Tate did have a change of mind. Yes. Yeah, you know, so so one thing you try to do oftentimes is what we call protect the character. Like, you want to make sure the character, no matter how how uh, bad a deed they do, that they're still somewhat redeemable so the audience can, like, you know, um, join them on the journey that you're taking them on. So that's why earlier in the episode, when Sax and Blanca come to Tate and say, basically, let's help, let us help you, why don't you help us put James behind bars legally? Tate is like, bet, let me go call off the hitmen mm-hmm. so there's no crime, mm-hmm. there's no there's okay. no there's no risk, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. will come back to mm-hmm. haunt me, and then they don't let him back off. So once the, once he can't get out of that, he goes to James and he says, I need to, I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to warn you about something. But but Ghost is so feeling himself by this point mm-hmm. that that he assumes that this is he's that Tate is strictly strictly speaking about politics. Right. And so he lets him have it. And if you go back and you look at that same scene in episode six ten, it's basically the same scene, but in six ten, what you're seeing is Ghost's perspective. Mm-hmm. So that's why the conversation in Ghost's mind, it was a very rational sort of conversation. When you see it in 614, it's the same scene from from uh, uh, Tate's perspective. Mm-hmm. And and in Tate's mind, what he heard in that same conversation... So if you, if you go back and line it up, I believe Tate's dialogue is exactly the same in both. Mm-hmm. But Ghost is different yep. in, in, in each of them. Mm-hmm. So when what you're seeing in 614 is what Tate heard. You know, all, you know, all the getting blasted, basically, mm-hmm. by Ghost. And it was partly the way... Tate received what Ghost was saying, but it was also what Tate's brain was doing to justify having ordered the hitmen. Like, he needs to be able to see Ghost mm-hmm. as super, super evil mm-hmm. and irredeemable and all of that in order to feel better about having, you know, put a, a contract on him. Mm-hmm. And even in that same scene, when Tate gets ready to walk away, Ghost is like, I gotta go, you know, this is my son calling. And Tate pauses, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, your son. It's right. yeah. like, this is a man who already lost one kid. I, as much as I hate him, I can't let 
one more, uh, uh, you know, I can't let his his son now, you know, be an orphan yeah. or, or be, be fatherless, rather. Yeah. Right. So he tries one last time. It's like, James, I really got it. And James has really said, how many times do I have to tell <laughs> you? Yeah. And then at that point, it's like, you know what? I've done all. I've made several attempts mm-hmm. to basically, you know, feel better about my decision and give you the warning. And now you're sort of on your own. Yeah. So he goes through all that in, in just the one scene. You answered uh, a question. I, I think we talked about that a little bit because we do hear depending upon whose perspective we're watching we do hear it a little bit differently so that is exactly how that person perceives it to be it could be even uh the same type of dialogue but said slightly differently Mm -hmm. or more you know uh, yeah and all the writers and all the directors and all the actors were aware of what the intention was so this was all this was all planned out in detail and and executed the way uh courtney envisioned it to, um, we had a question last week where Robin brought up. Mm-hmm. Were all the various um, shots of it and angles and sort of, well, this way, this is the way Tate is hearing it, this is the way it's perce- mm-hmm. um, perceived by ghosts, mm-hmm. were those all shot at the same time? No, they were shot separately. They were shot so they, separately by... So they did by, bring them... Yeah, okay. yeah, they were shot separately by separate uh, uh, directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah, so there were times when we were shooting 614, we would have the footage from a previous episode so we could make sure people were standing in the same place. Oh, got it. They okay. entered at the same time yeah. and all that so that we could do the, the whole perspective shift. But physically, all, everybody was always in the same place. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So moving forward, um, we're going to go to, um, we're gonna go to uh, Chris Tate, uh, Chris Tate and Dre. Um, so... Uh, uh, Chris tries to get the information so that he can go give it to Ramona. We're, we're assuming that he got the job of Ramona, and now he wants to take the contacts. Yeah, to- it's, it's not really clear what job he got. It's basically no. that he's like most of us mm-hmm. who have quit a job. Sometimes you're like, ooh, I forgot I my, need my contact. Yeah, yeah. I need my contacts. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, hey, I just came to download my contacts off of this iPad, and I'm, gonna put, I'm not stealing it. Yeah. I'm going to take my contacts, my Rolodex, basically, mm-hmm. and leave. And Tate's like, again, he's getting pummeled. He's getting, yeah. you know, getting ready to take another loss. Like yeah. this, this campaign worker thinks he's going to take contacts that he generated while he was working for me and take them wherever else, whether mm-hmm. it's Ramona or anybody. It's like he he, he can't take that. It's mm-hmm. the principle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So let's go. Um, let's just go into Tate and Dre. Period. So he comes up to him afterwards and says that um, that he has some valuable information on the St. Patrick's, and then he asks about uh, if he knows Tariq, and then we see later um, that he goes and uh, gives him his license plate in his new name you guys have anything you want to say about that that okay and then Tate and Tasha you have anything to say where he wants him to uh, he wants Tasha to to give all the information away and tell her to go to the cops do you think that okay or better yet do you think that that scene is going to be relevant for next week's with Tasha's perspective and Tariq's the scene with uh, with, Tate with Tate and and Tasha. Tasha where he where he tells her you need to go and when he when he reveals yeah I think so. I mean, I think it's just adding to her frustration or, you know, the things because she just keeps taking hits mm-hmm. and keeps hearing things. But we know Tasha's not going to She Yeah, because she, she called his bullshit out. Yeah. 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 So. so I just thought that was interesting that, um, yeah. Uh, so now moving to... Um, Moving to the campaign officially shut, shut down? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, which part? <laughs> Y'all over here notes. No, no, no. I'm just yeah, looking yeah, at his notes. I see yeah, what he's doing. This is yeah, Tasha and Tate. So uh, Carter, Rashad, and Kamal, or campaigns officially shut down. Let's, and Tasha signed yeah, Stern. So let's go, you okay. Go. So <laughs> the campaign shut down. Yeah. Campaign shut down, and Stern wants them to uh, to co-sign uh, for for the campaign, not having it, and so. Um, In the meantime, Eric, yes, right? Yes. Tate goes from losing to winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm clearly jumping all the way ahead, but I, I just wanted to know: um, was that intentional to see him be beat down, literally, like you know, loss after loss after mm-hmm. loss after mm-hmm. loss, and then by the end of the episode, he's he's on top of the world. He's yes. he's yeah. he's got a girl in his bed. Yes. You know, he's 
that's why, and I'll, I'll say that that's that's part of the reason why we uh, we call the episode "Reversal of Fortune" because every time, you know, every five minutes, his luck is changing. Mm-hmm. Like his luck has changed. He starts out the episode completely down his luck. He goes even lower. Mm-hmm. He goes even lower still. Right. And then you know, through the sequence of events of of uh, a ghost getting getting shot, he he's man he manages to use that to his own advantage. So he turns it around. Uh, secures the the, the nomination because now Lorette Walsh is, is is out of the race, and then he takes it even a step further mm-hmm. and ends up uh, reuniting with with uh, Cassandra. Mm-hmm. And just when she's like, "Oh, that was fun. Let's do it again," he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, you can go too." So yeah. it's always you know he's Split always t- <laughs> mm-hmm. he's yeah. always turning over an, another car. Listen, lots like, of yeah. women were dismissed with transportation on this episode. Lorette, you can get in the cab. Yes, yes, Cassandra, yes. you can call an Uber. <laughs> Going really back to the uh, to the car scene when Kamal and uh, Tate was in the car, he wanted to pick him up and take him to the police station so that he can do the official report. I thought that this scene was was probably one of the most crucial scenes because in this con- in the in the conversation of what they were talking about, you started to see things how you started to see how things unravel between their relationship, how how the older brother thinks that he has it all and that luck is always on his side. Mm-hmm. And and then Rashad was very uh defensive, you know, on 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 one end saying how, you know, you have this, this, this so like what did you guys think about that scene? Um and how the brother was trying to get him to give up information that he didn't want to give up. Well, it definitely goes hand in hand with what you guys were saying mm-hmm. about the big brother can see through his bullshit. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And it it was just a great perspective of of a guy who supposedly has it all and he looks at his brother about he's the lucky one. But when you flip the perspective, Tate thinks he's the lucky one and 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 he's got the family, the kids and the wife. So, for me, it was just like case of the the grass isn't always that's green exactly the yeah. idea yes Let's yes go, baby. yeah yeah Let's go. <laughs> it, was a, it was it was it was the the eternal argument of the grass is always greener mm-hmm. it's like when 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 i created kamal the idea was i wanted to make him as uh, directly opposed to rashad in every way that i could think of like rashad is a bachelor uh, 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 Kamal is a committed family man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamal has no—I mean, Rashad has no kids. Kamal has a son, you know. Um, um, and even in terms of just like their their viewpoint uh, on the world, Kamal looks at at his brother and says, "You know, you're a politician. You're on TV. You're campaigning. You got people wearing Tate for Governor, you know, gear. Like mm-hmm. you lead, leading a pretty lucky life." Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, Rashad has the direct opposite view uh, of his brother and I knew that once I got them in that car that would they're, they're basically like in a cage almost where they just have to finally let out uh, all these things they they probably always felt about each other because the the but the real underlying thing in the scene is Kamal smells something funny going on with his brother exactly he's got good cop instincts he can't quite put his finger on it but he really feels like Rashad is involved in something dirty, especially yeah. as it, it involved because like somebody came out of nowhere to my neighborhood to shoot you. Mm-hmm. Like that don't happen right. around yeah. here. Um, um, but but not only does Rashad have to lie to save his own skin, he also has to lie to protect his family mm-hmm. and keep them out of whatever he's involved in. Mm-hmm. So Rashad also thinks. You know, you're kind of lucky. He can't say this, but it's like you're lucky you have me as a protector because I'm trying to handle stuff and keep you out of you know the 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 street life. Very mm-hmm. ghost like. Very yeah. ghost like. Yeah. yeah. Very ghost like. Yeah. And so for the same reasons, yeah. the same emotions. And yeah. so when at the police station they find out that James has been shot, they go down, and then Rashad does not stay in the car, and the news reporter then says to ask him to make a statement, and he. Bodied it. Bodied yeah, it. But it real perfect. quick, uh, very that scene of him inside the p- police station as a viewer mm-hmm. is so. So Tate wasn't the one that shot him. Yes. So so I was like, oh, okay, that's not him. Right. But you. But also, I thought it was interesting how the cops they were amongst each other mm-hmm. so they felt comfortable speaking the way that they would not speak in front of uh, other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the look on Rashad's face, um, to me, showed signs that. He almost felt a little guilty for actually, um, for for um, 
for lap, yeah. No, not the center. I think what um, Bam is speaking to is that the two cops were laughing like, oh, another black man down. Yes. Oh, yeah. you yeah. know how those thuggies do. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. pound. Yeah. And I think that he felt some guilt and some yeah. reaction to that because he didn't want to be a party to that. Yeah. But, but also, yeah, I would, that, that's all dead on, but there's also another <clears> layer, <throat> which is that sitting there in that interrogation room, uh, uh, all the cops came in and said was there's been a shooting, one fatality. Mm-hmm. So if you're Tate... It's like, did Dre kill Ghost? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or did, did Ghost, Ghost kill Dre? Dre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Dre alive and talking and saying that I sent him? Like, I got to get in there and find out what actually mm-hmm. went down so I can try to manage and talk my way out of the situation if people start looking at me. Mm-hmm. So there's all that. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of guilt, and there's yeah. also some self-preservation going on. Mm-hmm. So after he makes the, the great speech, the next day they're at the, the brother's house to meet with um, Stephen Ott and um, Lorette. And Lorette. Um, why did they meet at that house? Why didn't they meet? It, you know what? It's like it's like home court advantage. Okay. It's like Lorette was in a position where she desperately needed Tate. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm going to do whatever I have to. And I think, you know, you don't see these, you don't see the, the, the conversations and the phone calls that took place prior to this. Yeah. But I, I like to imagine that if I'm Tate, I'm like, I want you to come to me and grovel. Gotcha. And I'm not coming to your office. You're yeah, gonna come to right, me. So, right. it, but in it, so partly to Bam's question, you know, they didn't go to uh, his lavish apartment in the city. They yeah. came to the home. Yes. Was that partly a part of his plan? Like, I want you to come see my family. I'm more of a family man. It wasn't so much to meet the family because they they did a quick introduction and then the family kind of excused themselves. Uh-huh. I do think that that house, his brother's house, for all of Tate's, all of Rashad's accusations of my brother's the lucky one. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels a little more at home Got and it. more comfortable mm-hmm. there yeah. is like I said it's, it's home court advantage yeah. Yeah. you know so so I'm gonna lure you into this very sort of like nice warm mm-hmm. family situation mm-hmm. and then uh, I already have a plan that I'm gonna yeah. tell you yeah. that I want the actual nomination I don't wanna be your running mate so yeah. it's a setup. Yeah, uh, and he gets it, and we were back at the church, and uh, New York yeah. needs a wife. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> on top, and he gave him that good old speech. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. felt, I was like, okay, take this girl, New York. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so after that, then we go back to uh, Tate and Cassandra in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing the do, and Ramona comes knocking on the door. Um, I was a little disappointed with her, like the confrontation of Tate after Tate put her on blast uh, saying that she was sleeping with James and he ruined her. Like, I wanted a better... Back I needed, and forth. I, bettered, I needed a better response. Like, I felt like he bodied her. Like Yeah, that. like, she just went there for... just to get more slap in the face in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just it's left. not over. Yeah. It's not over. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> well... I mean, I, I looked to Eric like... Um, so, questions... Like, I just want to talk about that scene where Tate was in the coffee shop and then, you know, yes. um, everybody is like, Tate, la, 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 la. It's back to the idea of reversal of fortune. Like, yeah. once again, yeah. he's down on his luck. Okay. And then he goes out there and all of a sudden it's like he is surrounded by people. Yeah, just like, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. loves him at yeah. that point. So, so he gets a taste of like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't drop out. Like, he doesn't go in there being flashy and shaking yeah, hands nope. and kissing babies. He comes in very, you know, discreetly and low-key. Mm-hmm. Let me get some coffee. Let me get out of here. And mm-hmm. then people recognize him. And then people are calling each other and asking for his autograph. And he's like, oh, you know what? The voters still got some some love for yeah. me. Yeah. I shouldn't drop out. Uh, Eddie inside the chat room says, was Tate getting out of the car uh, with that gun to look for Dre? Yeah, well, once again, I, uh, Tate was going uh, into the club because he didn't know what he was going to find on the inside. Mm-hmm. He didn't know if Dre was alive and needed to be taken out. He didn't know if Ghost was alive and I got to do it myself after all these failed attempts at sending people to take him out for me. Mm-hmm. So so there was some uncertainty there. Okay. But, but before he even gets inside, the reporter is the one who right. says, exactly. you know, that, well, Patrick it, is, he, that he's he died. Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he just, yeah. Okay, thank you for clearing that do up. Do you guys smell a Tate spinoff? 
I would love I to see would it. love to see that and, <laughs> I like and his it. brother. Yeah, I would love to see it. it. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Well, <laughs> Eric's like, like that's interesting. I was. It's like I got a meeting with. Well, I mean, look, look. I mean, it's 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 Lorenz Tate. You can't really go wrong. Right. Yeah. Like you know, as an actor, what I what I always knew and what I really experienced on this episode is that as an actor, he can deliver anything you need him to deliver. Yeah. You know, you need him to give, I wrote him a page long uh, a speech for that church and he knocked it out of the park, take after take after take, and we had a church full of extras who damn near probably would have went and voted for him. He, <laughs> he had them so, so hyped up. If you need him to be, you know, a little bit hood, he can be a little bit hood. You need him to be funny, he can be funny. Uh-huh. So it's, it's a real um, uh, blessing to be able to write for an actor who can just, you know, basically do it all. Um, we have a Someone asked us on our um, on our uh, Instagram page, uh, what character do you feel um, in, as a screenwriter will, that you find the most challenging to write about in power? The most challenging, I probably would have to go with with Tate because okay. you know it's it, not that anything is easy, but it's like when you're writing characters who are just completely in the the criminal world. Mm-hmm. Back to what I was saying earlier about exercising certain, you know, creative muscles. It's like you're really kind of just using that muscle. But Tate is someone who has to constantly move back and forth mm-hmm. between the crime world, the political world, his family life, and um, 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 getting a handle on all those different mm-hmm. sides of him was something that I don't think we, we we really had a chance to do with with too many other characters. So to to try to to, to hit the bullseye mm-hmm. was a was a challenge. Okay, hmm, okay. interesting and. Um, this is just a small question. Mm-hmm. If you ever write anything to that point, mm-hmm. so say for Tate, um, he's going from back and forth from the criminal world to a polished politician, and you write something <clears throat> specifically, you know, uh, in the script, mm-hmm. are actors, do actors have a, have any trouble with knowing exactly how to read what you mean? Um, do, do you have to guide them sometimes to say, I mean it a little bit like that? I, rarely. Okay. Um, um, nine times out of ten, you know, they read it, they, and get, they it. get it. Okay. And sometimes uh, uh, an actor will want to put a little bit of an adjustment on it, you know, like change this word to that word, mm-hmm. and you have a little bit of leeway. You know, okay. you have those discussions because mm-hmm. sometimes... Um, changing one word in a line might seem minor, but, but it, it actually changes, changes the whole meaning of the sentence, okay. which changes the whole tenor of the scene, mm-hmm. which now, you know, so sometimes you have to, like, watch for that and say, okay, you can change that word, but you can't change this one because okay. this is setting up something. So it's a constant, you know, uh, 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 negotiation, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and sometimes, you know, they come up with, with little tweaks mm-hmm. that you're like, as, even as the writer, you're like, oh, I didn't think of that. Mm-hmm. I look real smart. <laughs> because because you, you added that one word that I hadn't thought of, but it's all sort of like working hand in hand. Nice. Um, are you writing on PowerBook too? Or are you involved? Can I, am I ask not. that. No. Okay. No. And um, what can you tell us about the finale in two weeks? Um, I can tell you that there's a finale in two weeks. <laughs> right. And that is probably about the limit of what I can say without. You know, you don't want to be on the wrong side of 50, so so if you hear leaks, right. you did not hear them from me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really quick, I just want to shout out Stern. That's been throughout one of my favorite characters, because I just think yeah. he's interesting, and I like Oh, yes, yes. And the he gave yes. the yeah. game yes. at the end to Rashad Tate, yes. because what he said is absolutely what it is, whether it's politics, the drug game, whatever, mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. back the winner. He, so. was a, yeah. he was a joy to, to write for and to work with. He came in, he's a he's a veteran theater actor, so he's one of those actors who's like, you put it on a page, I'm going to deliver it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so, so you had to bring your A game when you're dealing with someone like that, mm-hmm. um, uh, but he could not have been nicer, and, and he hit home runs consistently, like take after take. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, though, sorry, uh, he, uh, we know Stern to be like a little, like, he's quirky. His yes. character is quirky, yes. so you you know that about him, like yes. his, this, like interesting thing that he has with like black people, and so yes, you yes. even wrote that into yes, what he yeah. was saying. You play into that, like I yeah. gave him, I gave him that little that little quote where he comes in saying, you know, about, uh, the uh, about basically the about your, the yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. African African like, yeah, it's an yeah. old Swahili expression. <laughs> yeah. I figured you would know what it meant. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So, but, but that was great. That was and well when done. I wrote it, I didn't know if Vector would be like, "This is a little," over. but he was like, "Nope." He he took him like two takes and he had it. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was great. Eric, you've been a great guest. You answered. 
answered oh, all of our yes. questions, awesome. and you yes. Yes. even and dived more into more. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's all right. Happy to do it. Let everyone know where you can be found. You can find me on Twitter at my name. It's at Eric Haywood. You also can find me on Instagram, also my name, at Eric Haywood. And just uh, really quickly, um, he is the writer for the new 50 Cent uh, uh, produced show on ABC called For Light, and that comes out on February 11th. Yes. Congratulations. So about that. Check that out. Yeah. Do you have anything else to, that's coming out soon? Uh, no, For Life is the next big thing. Yeah. Okay. And that is a big thing. That yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Big we're looking forward to that. Let everyone know where you guys can be found. I'm your boy at the Jimmy V Instagram and Twitter. Find me at uh, Robin Ayers everywhere. At Stiletto Jill everywhere, Mamba forever. And yes. you can find me on social media at Bam Erickson. Thank you so much to our guest, writer, producer, so director, Eric Haywood, Thank for you. stepping in, uh, joining us for writing such a fantastic episode for Power. Um, we'll two see weeks, you guys y'all. in two weeks for the final episode of Power. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.